I've asked uh, a couple of people um, who are prophetically gifted in our church to come and share with us what um, God has been speaking to them in this particular season. And they're going to share briefly about what, uh, about what God has been speaking to them. And then hopefully I'll be able to tie it together into something that, uh, that, that, uh, that shows us where we are at the moment, what God is doing. God's placed something on my heart. And uh, I know he's placed something on these guys' hearts. So um, I gave them fair warning. Who wants to go first tonight? See, I knew this was going to happen. I said to a couple of them, listen, I'm going to do it in this order. And they go, no, 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 no. Just let it be, you know, like however the Lord leads. And see, at the moment, Renee's leading David to put his hand up. I don't know if that's all. Are you the Holy Spirit? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> come on, Rose. You you come and open it up. Psalm one thirty four says, "Search me thoroughly, O Lord." Like if you didn't know what was in us. Search me and show me what I need to change. You know, as being part of the prophetic, especially when we speak into people's lives, our heart needs to be set right. Over the past couple of weeks, I've been doing the searching. <laughs> and his confession time. You know, every memory that causes pain that makes you cringe it's not okay there is pain there is unforgiveness and needs to be brought before God even in the most discerning I think in Daniel 11 it says and those who discern will stumble so they will be refined we won't know that we're not right till we stumble I had a memory coming from a war-torn country. There were three, not people, three countries. <laughs> and that is huge. I didn't know how horrible it was. When, when, you, when somebody comes and invades your country and your family is killed and the sound of their voice, the the ac their accents, their language, you, I could not listen, could not hear people speak those three languages, those three accents. They brought memory. And for me, it was under the disguise of, I don't like them. I don't like them. I don't have to like everybody. So that was the big lie. It's okay not to like everybody. But when I sat before the Lord, I could not even listen to their anointed pastors preach. And I said, that's not right. God didn't, we were not likable when he died on the cross for us. So the I don't like them, when I went, and I said, search my heart thoroughly. 
I don't like them was I hated them. I hated them for the pain that they caused. That was unforgiveness. There was no revenge because I could not fight a whole country. There were millions of them. But the Lord showed me even when there, I tried to pray or speak into people's life from those countries, I was not able to. I could speak a special, you know, the, the usual blessing, but I had never had the discernment or never had a word from God. And there was this blockage because I had labeled and hated and spoke even death over these three countries. There were not three people, three countries. And I went on my face and I, it was painful, but good pain. I repented and the Lord showed me that when memories make us cringe, I'm sure nobody hates three countries like I did. So you didn't have to go through it. But people in our lives, words we've heard, we need to be able to discern the pain. That pain is not right. Nothing should make me lose my peace. He, is a, he came to give us peace, and this is the first thing we look for in Christianity. There is no peace in pain. There is no peace in unforgiveness. You know, Daniel goes on to say, and those who discern, those who discern will shine. Pain is not pretty. Unforgiveness is not good. And if we are to receive what he has for us, we need to look deep within and not justify how we feel. We are all loved by him. And I love everybody the same way he loved me. I don't have to like them. I don't need to have an opinion. And when I do have an opinion, it is not an opinion. It is a judgment. We need to stop covering and making things look pretty or mild. There is no not liking. There is hate. There is having an opinion against what, what against the heart of God is rebellion. That was rebellion in my heart against these people. I repented and all of a sudden I listened to something and I realized I was listening to one of them and I was fine. And I'm thinking, oh, wow. And it happened, he just did it. We need to acknowledge it. We need to stop hiding and justifying our behavior. He cannot pour in unless we empty out. What do we empty out? What's in us? Flesh, <laughs> the dust that we picked up from this world, an empty vessel, an empty vessel. That's what he's looking for, an empty vessel. If the God of the universe wants to make me his temple, there is no room for anything else. So. Search me, Lord, and show me. 
he doesn't need to search, he knows. Search for me and show me what I have to change. The way I speak, the mouth, <laughs> out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So it is my heart, it is my pain. We've all been through things, People more, some of us more than others, but we cannot put, push them aside anymore. Nothing can be pushed aside. No more hidden, sweeping under the carpet. All those locked up boxes, they need to be opened and cleansed so he can replace them. You know, we ask him to come and fill the void. He doesn't fill voids. Void is destruction. He comes and remove that void. Where there is void, there is destruction. He is whole. He creates a new heart. He doesn't fill an empty heart. The void, void is darkness. Void is darkness. I'm not empty. I need to be filled. I need to be changed. That cup needs to be changed. And we think it's painful. No, it's not. He's such a gentle spirit. He comes, but we need to invite him. I need to recognize my faults. And he comes and removes them. So his word for us, yield, yield to me, yield and let me, <laughs> let me make you shine. He said he'll change us from glory to glory. What is so glorious about anger? What is glorious about pain? Nothing. Only his pain was glorious, not my pain. I cannot afford to have a thought in my mind or in my heart that's not from him. There is him or the world. I don't know, there, there is no in between. So who do I want to walk in, in his shadow, in his protection? That's when we are protected, when there is no, nothing from me, all from him. So if we want to walk in his fullness, it says fullness, that means nothing else is there. Nothing from me, nothing from the world, nothing what we thrown at me, nothing that I picked up. And sometimes we think the word owes us. The word owes you what? The word has nothing to give. You know, it's something, you know, we walk around with a, with a chip on our shoulder. He walked with the cross on his shoulder so that I may be free to walk in freedom unless I am free. I don't know, can I say that is no filling? Unless I'm free of the world, I, I have to let go of things so he can come and change. So let's yield, let's abide in him. We cannot sit in his presence and be the same. In his presence, that is fullness of joy. And if I'm not walking in joy, I don't know whose presence I've been in. So uh, our hearts have to be slit open, as simple as that. Slit open, carved out, and washed by the blood, so he can come and restore all things. The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, right? Uh, we're illuminated not for his sake, but for ours, so that we can see what's actually going on inside, and then we need to yield it. Amen. That was beautiful, Rose. Thank you.
Who's putting their hand up to go next? Thank you, Sylvia, that prophetic wave of the hand. <laughs> That's because empty vessels and stripping away kind of fit what I've got. This is my security blanket, this bit of paper. <laughs> in case I can't remember. So the other night, God said to me to pray beyond revival. And I said, what on earth does that mean? <laughs> now, I had this sense that it wasn't praying um, for revival and it wasn't praying for what will follow revival, which is transformation. But, like, what on earth does it mean to pray beyond revival? And then he said, I'm doing something new. So whatever we're praying into, it won't be the same as what's happened before. We can look at other revivals, like we've been looking at the Welsh revival recently and thinking, wow, God, do it again. But God's saying he's doing something new. It won't be like the Welsh revival. It won't be like the Moravian revival. It won't be like Toronto or Brownsville or Lakeland. It's something new he's wanting to do. So I thought about revival. Revival's bringing back to life something that's dead or dried up. It's a renewing and a restoration. And that's what God's promised us. He's promised us revival and transformation for our city and a flow on to our nation. And so as I prayed, saying, God, how do I pray? He talked to me about bushfires. So... Last August, I went to stay with my daughter. She lives in Wagga, and I wanted to see snow. So we went for a drive to the snowy mountains, and we drove through all the areas that had been burnt in the January bushfires. And everywhere you looked, all you could see were the trunks of trees, burnt tree trunks. The branches gone, all the vegetation gone, just these burnt trunks as far as I could see. But they were beginning to revive. There were new branches coming out, new shoots, new greenness. This bit of beauty and new life coming from what had been burned. And I felt like God was saying, as in the natural, so in the spirit, that there's got to be a fire still to come that will burn away absolutely everything. That's not of him. The way we do things, how we do things, the way we think, the way we see, what we do, what we think we are. Everything needs to be burnt up. And he says, are we ready for that sort of fire? And then when there's nothing left but the bare blackened tree trunk, the new life breaks out. He said, it's not going to be like before. It's something new. And I felt like what he's saying is that it's time for that manifestation of the sons of God that the earth is groaning for. If this is the end time revival that's coming, this is the time for the sons of God to be manifest. This is the time for the bride to rise up in purity, in holiness, untouched by the things of the world, just manifesting kingdom life. He wants his kingdom seen. He wants the world transformed. And we need to allow his fire to do its work in us. We need to be those empty vessels, Rose mentioned. We need to be stripped of everything else so that it's just all about him.
I can see a theme developing here, a prophetic theme developing. Hallelujah. Who's next? I'm looking at you, David. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, John. Thanks, Kerry. Thank you, Lord. Um, yeah. Um, Thank you, Rose and Sylvia, for the the word there. It's about transformation, and um, it's a beautiful thing. Um, yeah, I, be- I believe God gave me or God gave me this word over the last few days. Um, I believe the Holy Spirit um, is highlighting, especially for me, relationships, um, our relationship with Him, and our um, relationships with each other. Uh, we can always do better um, and not in our own strength, you know, like we can't do it, especially when I try to muster it up and try, to, try and fix things, like it can actually go a lot worse. Um, but it's only by the Holy Spirit who can actually give us the power to actually flow into him and flow and do the right thing. And, and um, yeah, um, a prayer I often pray is, um, Lord, I need you. Um, <laughs> this really does help me because it takes the focus off my attempts, my futile attempts of doing things my way. And as God steps in and opens up his much better way of doing things, then we can be free to walk. Like I have this beautiful picture of just walking in step behind God and um, that's, where I'll, that's where it's the best. That's where I want to be. That's where we want to be. Um, it's a, it's a position of humility and surrender because we're coming behind or underneath um, God. And um, in our relationship with God, um, and, and this will help us with our relationship with others as we come in humility and surrender or yieldedness like um, what Rose was saying. Um, and on the, so on this side of eternity, we don't always get it right. We can and do get things wrong. Um, you can just ask Renee that. Uh, ask you if I've done things wrong or anybody that really knows me. You know, like we can come to church and it's like we can say hello and do the, the polite thing, but when somebody knows you, you know, you, you know that um, <laughs> we're all very human. Um, but that's why we need Jesus, amen, just to forgive us and to help us forgive each other. Obviously, this is not a free license to sin, but it's the best way to move forward into all God has for us. Um, I've taken... I've read, I read this from the Message Translation, and it's 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 to 24. And it's just a real encouragement to help us do life together. Now, friends, we ask you to honour those leaders who work so hard for you, who have been given the responsibility of urging and guiding you along in your obedience. Overwhelm them with your appreciation and love. <laughs> I love that. Get along among yourselves. Each of you <laughs> each of you doing your part. Our counsel is that you warn the freeloaders to get on move on. Gently encourage. Yeah, it's good, eh? I love it. Uh, the message, this is the message. Gently encourage the stragglers and reach out for the exhausted, pulling them to their feet. Thank you, Renee, for being one of those people. Be patient with each other. 
attentive to individual needs and be careful that when you get on each other's nerves, you don't snap at each other. <laughs> yes, it's really real. Look for the best in each other and always do your best to bring it out. Yeah. Be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. Don't suppress the spirit. Yes, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oof. We never want to suppress you, Lord. And don't stifle those who have a word from the master. On the other hand, don't be gullible. Check out everything with God, you know, and keep only what's good. Throw out anything tainted with evil. May God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole, put you together, spirit, soul and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our master, Jesus Christ. The one who called you is completely dependable. Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness, Lord, and that we can depend and rely on you and trust you more every day. Thank you, Lord. And we just pray for every relationship here. Lord, we just pray that um, we just give it all over to you, you know, because it's the best thing to do as we lay it all down. You pick us up and you just put us on the right path, Lord. And we just step in behind you now. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. That was awesome. What was that about dealing with the freeloaders? What translation is that in the Message Bible? It's amazing how differently Scripture can read depending on which translation you're reading. That wasn't even polite, man. Like, <laughs> that was good. Come on, Anne-Marie. <laughs> I've just got 10 pages. It's all right. <laughs> Joking. <laughs> so I felt like the Lord was wanting us to become sensitive to his voice, uh, to the leading of the Holy Spirit. I feel like the Lord wants us to learn to quieten our spirit and our thoughts and learn to sit with him that our spirit would be receptive and learn to sit and wait on him because we get too impatient, we're in such a hurry, but God is wanting us to learn to sit and to wait on him. He said everything will come to distract you, to try to hinder you from entering into his presence. And everything does try to hinder us from coming into his presence. But it's like we need to cry out for the peace and grab, and grab it and quieten our hearts and quieten our minds and quieten our thoughts when we try to sit in God's presence. We've got to learn to stop every distraction that would try to hinder this encounter with God. We need to cry out that every chain that binds us would be broken, that the Lord would set us free as we wait for him. And the Lord says, enter in through the door. He says, it's different here in my kingdom. It doesn't matter how you look in my kingdom, where you were born or when you were born or how well you perform. It doesn't matter, God says. It's about your heart. And he's saying, I need you to be knit together with my heart. 
and my purpose and my love and turn towards me wholly and follow me. Then I heard the Lord say, it's hard, isn't it? All these distractions that come to try and steal you away from his presence, all the distractions that come to try and steal you away from sitting with him. He says, I know it's hard, but he says, persevere. Because he says, I want to talk to you. Press through, turn to me, take another step closer, shake off the hold of distraction. And I know as you do that, the Lord says, now wait. When you do that, he says, wait, I will come. I will come to you like incense. I will fill the room. I will fill the atmosphere with change. Smell the incense. He said, smell the incense. He said, stop. Smell the incense of my presence. Stop. I've entered the room. Soak in my presence. My goodness, my love, my unconditional love. And the Lord says, I see you as a mighty warrior, as a powerful weapon that is going to be raised up against the enemy. You will set many free in my name. My sons be empowered afresh. Know who you are. This is the hour to know who you are. And he says again, receive the mantle. Receive it, put it on, walk in it. And we've heard this a few times. Pick up your mantles and walk in them. And he says, you will see signs and wonders and miracles. And you'll see the captives set free. And you will see the harvest come. And he says, now contend for it. Contend for it and cry out for it. And he says, I am working in the background. Do not fear what is coming upon the earth, for I am with you. I will sustain you. I will walk with you. Do not fear. Do not fear. Darkness will go rampant, but my light, my presence, my protection, my provision, my peace be, will be with you. So that there is a battle raging in the spirit realm. And my body is asleep. They are still sleeping. And he's saying, sound the alarm. Blow the shofar, warn my people of the coming darkness, warn them to come out to get ready, call them to awaken, call them to seek me in the midnight hour, call them to come and sit with me now, because that is where I will strengthen them, that is where I will equip them, that's where I will prepare them, that's where I will direct them when they sit with me in the midnight hour. And he's saying, arise, awaken, draw near to me. He says, many are going to turn away because of the coming darkness. But you be strong. You, each one of you, be grounded. Do not fear. I am your shield, your protector, your provider, your healer, your comforter. Like I was with Elijah, so I'll be with you. Like I was with Moses, David, Esther, Deborah, I will be with you. So I, I, am, I will be with you mighty in power. The line of Judah roars over you. Surrender your burdens to the Lord. Your family, surrender it to the Lord. Trust him to bring, it, bring them through. He says, I will not abandon those who are mine. He says, I will not abandon those who are mine. He says, I am Jehovah and you are the fruits that I died for. You are my beloved, my bride. I want to bring a nation, a people home to me. And he's saying, will you go for me? Will you go where I send you? Then he said, 
There is no one perfect here. We all have issues. We all have problems. But he says that's not what God is looking at. What he's looking at is their heart. They are willing. They are hungry for change and want to do my will. So there is no holy vessel on the earth, he says. But I use vessels that are hungry, that want to change, that draw close to me, imperfect vessels. I know their heart. I see what is in their hearts. I choose those that are hungry, those that push through the obstacles, those who put their trust in me. So thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Wow, there's a lot. Come on, honey. <laughs> okay, I just want to start with a testimony. I can concur with my sister Rose there about unforgiveness. Even ministers and leaders, we go through that. Okay, and unforgiveness. And for past month or so, I was dealing with this issue myself. And it is real. And the enemy use, uses unforgiveness as a stumbling block. Because unforgiveness actually hinders our destiny. It is a blockage. And the enemy is cunning. He's real, okay? He will use people around you, people that you love, okay? People that you care for, family, friends, okay? To snare you, like what Pastor Anne-Marie was sharing last week. Unforgiveness is a snare, okay? And it, it, if it's not dealt with, you know, you know, it will cause a root of bitterness. It will stumble you. And I was going through this for I've been hurt for many years by this person, all right? And it got to a point that, you know, I couldn't deal with it myself. I was carrying much anger and resentment towards this person. And I... I I chose many times, but I couldn't deal with it myself. I said, God, I want to forgive this person, and I make it a choice. I want to. But sometimes it becomes a spiritual bondage that has to be broken, unforgiveness. So on Sunday last week, I came out for prayer for this issue, and something happened. That bondage was broken in the name of Jesus. Okay, and all that pain and resentment and anger just lifted supernaturally. I was set free, okay? I was set free. I, I was free not to hate this person anymore, okay? I was free, okay? Praise God, okay? He set me free. So, but that is not what I saw, okay? <laughs> that is just a testimony. Okay, so this week when I was meditating on God, I saw Jesus seated up in heaven with a crown on his head. The lamb that was slain is now crowned the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. 
He is our King. And then I saw another picture. Some of us were placing ladders to try to climb up to reach Jesus. And I felt God was saying to us that some of us are struggling and striving to get close to Him. Okay, a relationship with Jesus shouldn't be a constant struggle. I don't think so Jesus made it so complicated and hard for us to get close to him. He didn't. He made it easy. He said, just come to me. I don't even judge you. Jesus don't even judge you. He don't even look at your sin, but of course he wants your sin to go. But he just accepts and receives you, okay? And I feel tonight, if any one of us is struggling to have that relationship with God, come forward. Something is going to happen, all right? And it's not about striving. It's never about us striving, okay? We don't, we don't need to be, ah, oh, so difficult, this journey with Jesus. Okay, sometimes it can be a little bit difficult, but when it gets tough, what do we do? We continue to climb? No, we sit down, we rest. Okay, we wait for him. He said, Jesus, you help me. He will come and help you. Okay, it is not striving, but rest, our rest. We need to learn as Christians how to rest in him and be driven by our hunger and thirst because the hunger and thirst for God attracts him actually attracts his presence okay and that's what i've learned okay i believe that the world and the church remember i say that i saw him wearing a crown king of kings and lord of lords i believe the world at, at large and the church has taken jesus lightly we regard him merely as our friend. Okay, Jesus is our friend, that's right. But it, to just to think of him as our friend, that, uh, that is, is not true, okay? We regard him as our body, our mate. Hi, Jesus, my mate, okay? We have forgotten that he is majestic, okay? I believe God said to me in that vision, enthrone me. Enthrone. We need to give him that worship and that awe and that adulation that is worthy of a king. Okay? Right? We need to proclaim him. Jesus, you are my king and to the world. Jesus came the first time humbly as a baby born in a manger. But he's coming back again. Do we all believe that? Yes. But this time he's coming back not as a baby, but majestically riding on a white horse with a legion of angels with him. Every trumpet will sound Every eye will see him. He's coming back as our King of kings and Lord of lords. And every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That is how majestic he will be. Okay? Amen?
We must not forget that he is majestic, even though he came as a baby once, but he's not coming back as a baby, okay? That is our glorious King, Jesus, King Jesus, okay? I, I just want to finish off with this hymn. Don't run away, don't get <laughs> run to the door. Don't run to the door, please, okay? Shut the door. <laughs> okay, I, actually I can sing, but John doesn't believe it, that's it. <laughs> okay, and I, I do lo love hymns a lot because I feel um, they are so so rich, you know, in the words. And, and whenever I, I worship God in hymns, oh, His presence just comes. <laughs> Okay, now this is a very old one and probably John will start, uh, where did she pick this song from? <laughs> okay, right. Crown him King of Kings, crown him Lord of Lords, wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Emmanuel. God is with us. He shall reign, He shall reign, He shall reign forevermore. Amen. Is that okay, Pastor John? <laughs> that was beautiful. Uh, there's something about my wife's worship that truly enthrones Jesus. And you forget, honey, I grew up in St Andrew's Cathedral, so I know songs that are even older than that. <laughs> Have lightnings and thunders their fury forgotten? It's <laughs> Matthew's Passion, I believe, written by Johann Sebastian Bach. <laughs> oh, dear, how do we get there? Um, <laughs> okay, um, <clears throat> I'm not a very fast typist, and uh, but as each each one of our prophetic voices was speaking tonight, I was just trying to capture what kind of keywords and key phrases out of what was being spoken out, and I, I believe that they all kind of fit together. We started off with this process where uh, Rose was talking about. Allowing God to search us and to show us what yet needs to be refined. Asking us to yield so that we can be filled and so that we can truly love and that, so that we can be empty vessels that he can fill. And uh, that came through uh, a little bit further down. Now, I can't remember who said what because I was just trying to type as quickly as I could. So it doesn't matter who said what. This is what the Lord has been saying. Um, but I do remember this from that it was Sylvie that spoke about God's fire burning away the old so the new can come. And then she talked about, uh, and while she, while she was talking about the fire and how the fire hits bushfire, uh, how the fire comes through the bush, I actually had a little picture while you were talking about that. And one of the really eerie things that can happen after a bushfire is that 
you can have like that barrenness that you were describing where all you got is these blackened trunks and because the birds have fled because there's nothing, nothing for them there, it can be absolutely silent. And one of the things that can be actually quite eerie is that those trunks, some of those trunks are so compromised by the fire that they will collapse in an instant and just fall over. And that's why you see all those, um, all those uh, people coming to work with the tree lopping equipment and things like that next to highways after a bushfire because some of those branches will just come off on the road. And, uh, but I felt God, God, God was saying through that that there are, there are things that need to go. Now, when his fire comes, you know, there's some of the things that, that definitely don't need to grow again. They need to be just done away with. And when she talked about the manifestation of the sons of God, I use an iPad and it's got autocorrect. And sometimes autocorrect does some weird things. In fact, it actually puts words there that you didn't even start typing. And so when she talked about the manifestation of the sons of God, um, I started typing manifestation of the, and then it auto-typed in for me wind, manifestation of the wind. And I stopped for a minute and I thought, well, that's right, because a bushfire doesn't spread unless there's wind. Otherwise, the fire is just vertical and doesn't go out. But the, uh, the, the manifestation of the sons of God is what God wants to do in this season, and it's really pointing forward toward the return of Christ, which is where we ended up with Kerry. And then we were talking about relationships, vertical and horizontal. I believe that was Dave, that um, our relationship needs to be vertically right. In other words, our relationship with God needs to be right. And when our vertical relationship is right, that, that sets the tone for our relationships horizontally to those around us also being in correct order. And I believe he's also talking about a culture of honour and encouragement within the body of Christ, a culture of honour and encouragement um, uh, that we need to be listening, and then it, I don't know who said this from now because I was just trying to type really quickly, but listening to his voice, not listening to the distractions and the hindrances. I think this is you, Anne-Marie. Uh, not listening to the distractions and hindrances, allowing him to knit us to him, which takes perseverance that we would press through. Um, his promise is that he will come and fill and transform the atmosphere and that empowerment, our empowerment comes from his presence. And as we are empowered, signs, wonders, miracles and harvest are the natural overflow of what happens then. Um, we are not to walk in fear. There is a lot of darkness coming and, and that's how I want to wrap this up in a minute about this contrast between darkness and light. There is darkness coming but the light that has been shed abroad in our hearts is greater. Light, love, the things of the Lord that, that he has imparted to us is greater. And then uh, there was the looking for the willingness and the yielded vessels. He's not looking for us to be perfect. His job is to perfect us. But he's looking for our yieldedness so that he can empty us of the things that don't belong so he can pour through, through us. And then uh, Kerry's beautiful testimony of, of dealing with unforgiveness. I want to tell you, man, it's one of the biggest things we need to deal with. And sometimes we get a little bit wrong. Um, 
sometimes when we have to deal with that area of forgiveness, we think that we need to allow the person that hurt us back into the exact place of authority speaking into our lives that they occupied before. That's not true. I believe that there are appropriate boundaries that can be set in our relationships, but unforgiveness has to go. Unforgiveness is one of the biggest hindrances to our destiny and it always leads to bitterness. It always leads to bitterness. If you, if you know somebody, everything that they say is bitter, it's bitter, it's bitter, you, you, can, you can bet your bottom dollar that at the root of all of that is there's somebody they need to forgive. And then Kerry uh, talked about Jesus seated in the heavens, crowned King of Kings, and so many of us are struggling and striving to reach Jesus as, which, as if we're trying to climb a ladder where Jesus has already made it easy for us that we would come to him. Jesus just says, come to me. There's this thing Anne-Marie touched, touched on it as well, where the invitation is that we just sit in his presence and wait on him and his promise is that if we can put aside the distractions and all, all the rest of it, he will come. He'll come and transform the presence around us. He'll transform the atmosphere of our hearts. And let me tell you, when you set your heart to do that, to spend time waiting upon him and sitting in his presence, every distraction you can think of will be thrown your way. Your phone will ring. An email notification will pop up. You'll remember that you didn't hang the washing out yet. You've got to feed the dog. You've got to wash out the cat's bowl so that, you know, there's anything, every possible distraction will be thrown your way. But if you can just discipline yourself to put aside the distractions and put yourself on your face if necessary before the Lord, he comes with his presence and his presence transforms. And uh, Kerry wrapped this up with that vision that she had of the enthroned Jesus and his majesty and his kingship. We need to be acknowledging his kingship to ourselves and we need to be acknowledging his kingship to others around us. That's manifesting the reality of the sons of God, that we know who we are in God. We know that he's coming back. He's coming back to get us and he wants to take more with him. Amen. So the, uh, this morning in, in this morning's worship, I was kind of aware that we were going to have various people speaking this afternoon. And I was asking God, where do we go with what you're showing us? Because what, what God is showing us in these prophetic words is there's a mixture of consecration. There's a, a, a circumcision of hearts that God wants to do. There's um, a willingness that he's looking for for us to empty ourselves of, uh, of distractions uh, a willingness to allow him to search our hearts and deal with heart issues that prevent his glory being manifested through us. And all of this is a has a purpose, that we would be yielded vessels to prepare the earth for the return of her king. And uh, in this morning as I was, um, as we were in worship, God reminded me of... Um, of three visions I had 
Um, over the last nine years, three separate visions that all had a common theme to them. In uh, 2012, just, just uh, after we took over pastoring Open Heaven Church, I had a vision and it was of our nation and from all the way from where I stood to the horizon there were these dark clouds, very, very dark, low-hanging clouds, very forbidding clouds. But every now and then um, in what I could see into the distance, every now and then a little, like a little portal would open in those clouds and sunlight would shine down on specific locations where God was manifesting his glory. And I knew that one of those portals was destined to be open over here, where we are gathered here today. I had something uh, very similar when I had a vision of Europe. I think this was 2014, 2015. And I saw what... Uh, Europe had allowed to happen to it in terms of great darkness covering the whole continent of Europe. And what I saw was a very small spattering or sprinkling of lights throughout Europe. And those lights represented places where um, gatherings of believers were making God's presence welcome at great expense to themselves. And these were places where God was manifesting his glory. And then in the last, uh, the, the last week, I had a vision of the northern states of the United States of America uh, covered in those same dark clouds that I saw over Australia. Uh, and I saw uh, that every now and then in that darkness, there would be places where the clouds had split open and the glory of God was shining down on gatherings of believers who were really going after his presence. And uh, and the scripture that the Lord gave me uh, this afternoon is in preparation for the meeting was that uh, from Matthew four sixteen to 17, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light and upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. And from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. There is no doubt that we live in a world of increasing darkness. But God has destined over us and in us and through us ever-increasing light so that we shine as beacons of hope for those who walk in that darkness. They see that great light because that light is manifested through us. And uh, I believe that what the, the Lord wants to do this evening, as he did this morning, um, most of you weren't here uh, for this morning's service, but at the end there, the altar call was around strengthening us for what uh, God wants to do. Um, and the scripture for that was Hebrews 12, 12 to, 13, 12 to 13. Therefore strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but rather be healed. I believe that tonight if you are walking in any form of discouragement, 
if you have depression that's been coming against you, if you have been disappointed in this past season, uh, there were those this morning that, um, that God was ministering to because they had been crying out to God about a situation they felt like he didn't answer them according to his time according to their time frame God's time frame belongs to him he always promises us healing and deliverance sometimes there are things that we need to acknowledge within ourselves that act as chains that hold us back from what he wants to do so tonight I just want to um, encourage you if if, if you need strengthening tonight, if you need your paths to be made straight again, if there are areas of unforgiveness in your heart, if there is anything that you recognise within your heart that is a hindrance to what God wants to do, you've, you've felt the Holy Spirit speaking to you about that, I just invite you to, to come out this evening and, um, and just receive some prayer and... Uh, God is going to strengthen you. Warren, would you mind just playing f for us just for a little while? Um, and Zion, if you felt led to, to sing anything, if there's anything that God puts on your heart, go ahead and, and do that. Um, I'm going to open it up at the front here. The ministry team is going to minister. And uh, I want to thank Sylvia and Anne-Marie and David Rose and Kerry for coming and sharing what God has put on your hearts. I just saw all those facets flowing together into um, a process of transformation that God wants to do in each one of us. Amen. So Holy Spirit, we want to make you welcome right now. Lord, we've already made you welcome in this place right at the beginning of our service, but I want to invite you in a new way, Lord. I want to invite you, Holy Spirit, to come in your glory and power and majesty and deal with our hearts, Lord, in any area that you see fit to. I thank you, Father God, that you are, it's as if you're pulling back the veil now in each one of our hearts, the areas that we need to deal with, Lord, the memories perhaps that are harmful to us, the the twisted uh, perspectives we have of perhaps brothers and sisters, the, uh, the unwillingness to forgive that we have excused in ourselves time and time again, the stronghold of, of unforgiveness is something that the Lord wants to deal with tonight, I believe, um, and our ability to see you as you actually are. And to have that determination in our hearts to draw aside with you so that your presence can come and transform, Lord. Lord, these are the things that are on your heart, I believe, to deal with tonight. Holy Spirit, would you come and do what only you can do, Lord. Be our revealer of truth. Be our transforming fire, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just welcome your presence in you, Lord. 